Welcome to the Pracademics Podcast, where we aim to keep you informed, connected and inspired by translating academic research into the real world to help you in your work with children, young people and families. This podcast will be recorded on the land traditionally owned by the Turrbal and Jugger nations, as well as the Yugambeh peoples. So we pay our respect to the traditional owners of these lands, as well as the emerging community leaders around Australia. So welcome to Good News Wednesday, where we share a good news story from working in the sector. So it can be a little bit tough working in the field that we're in and sometimes change is, is slow and long term. So I think it's always nice to sit back and reflect on some good outcomes that have happened. And in fact, there's some research that indicates that building our resilience as a sector will be helped by reflecting on some of the good outcomes that we experience with clients. So today's episode has been inspired by a perspectives paper put out by Social Ventures Australia, which is focused on children in out-of-home care and their education. So we'll put a link to that paper in our show notes, and I encourage you to have a look at it if you either work in education with young people that may have out-of-home care experiences, or if you work in out-of-home care and are concerned or looking towards building better outcomes for the children in your service with regards to their education. So it has a range of the latest research in there, as well as what are the current stats, uh, what are the gaps and issues that are being experienced by children in out-of-home care generally, as well as with regards to their education. And finally, what are some of the innovative programs and services that are being offered It's a little bit Victorian-centric, but we won't hold that against them. We know that Victoria can often lead their way in these types of things. So I encourage you to download the paper and have a look at it. But today is all about a good news story. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about my background of working with some young people in out-of-home care. So you may not know the origin story of Pracademics, but Haley and myself were co-founders and we met when we were working for an organization that provided out-of-home care to young people. But this good news story is about a young family that we worked with. So they were with us for about three years. And when they first came into a placement with us, we were able to have them together as a family which was good they were a sibling group however you know there's often a lot of high anxiety um, and perhaps behavioral issues that might have contributed with the previous placement not working out and often there was quite a bit of a transition period to get them settled so they had two carers that would work with them as the sibling group and it took I would say about 18 months to really help this sibling group settle into the placement. And so that meant that over that period of time in the early days, there were police call outs, there was um, young people kind of experiencing quite a bit of trauma from each other. Eventually they started to settle their behavior at home, settle their behavior at school, and we had a nice consistent routine. And around that time, I started to talk about their education because they were quite intelligent young people, but they were getting poor outcomes at school. I was a service coordinator and what that meant was that I provided case management for them and oversaw the team of carers for them as well. So when I started having these conversations with the carers, in theory, they were on board with it, but they were also really worried about upsetting the apple cart. 
it had taken a long time to get these young people settled into their placement and they now had a really nice routine and they were very happy and they were concerned that if we started really cracking down on their education that that would you know lead to behavioral issues again and from my perspective we couldn't give up on these kids at this point that we couldn't just say that the best that they can achieve is equanimity at home and so from my perspective this was the perfect time to start upping the ante and focusing on their education so one of the first things i did was hire a tutor to come to the house once a week And I did that because I didn't expect the carers to have the skills to do the tutoring with the young people and that wasn't their role. But I wanted to get into a consistent routine where they would come home from school and they would be expected to sit down and do their homework. And so we had a tutor that would come one day a week to help them with that, as well as setting the expectation that the younger ones would have to do half an hour of homework every afternoon when they came home and the older one would have to do an hour of homework. And if that was not completed, then they wouldn't get to play Xbox. And so that was the deal that they could, you know, go play outside, they could do anything, but if they hadn't have done that period of time of homework, then they didn't get to play Xbox that night, which was something that they really enjoyed doing. In addition to that, I encouraged the carers to make sure that there was always food on the table sitting there ready so that they could come home, sit down, have their afternoon tea, pull out their homework, go through it together as a group and then get on with their night. So, of course, initially the boys hated that idea. That was not something that they were interested in doing and they rallied against it. But we stayed consistent and said, that's okay. You just don't play Xbox. That's the flip side of this. And I had long conversations with all of the siblings around why we were doing this and why this was important and continued conversations around your smart kids. You know, we really believe in you. We want you to do well, but you need to be doing the work outside that. And I remember having, you know, perhaps an hour and a half conversation with the oldest where he was talking about the fact that he wasn't smart and he was debating me so well. Every thing that I came out with, he had a counter argument, which really demonstrated that he actually was quite an intelligent kid. And I spent time explaining to him some of the reasons that young people in care have difficulty. And one of the things that he experienced was you know, difficulty with, with handwriting and things like that. And we talked about how having missed a lot of early school meant that he didn't have the same opportunities and didn't have the same foundational training as other young people that he was at school with. So that wasn't necessarily reflective of him not being as smart, just that he didn't have as much investment at that time as they had. So along with that, we organized for his individual education plan, which is what they were called back then with the school and were able to get some funding for a computer. So because he had difficulty with writing, we said, well, you can use a laptop and negotiated that with the school. It was okay for him to do that in class. And that really helped him along. And I think also the fact that he could see that we were proactively putting things in place. So we weren't just saying you have to do your homework, but we had organized the laptop, organized the tutor, put things in place to really help him to get things back on track, that he was willing to also put in the effort and that we were having these long conversations around why we were doing this because, you know, we really believed in him. Also with regards to the tutor, that was an interesting experience. So she would come around every Wednesday and every Thursday I'd get a call and she would say, they're not interested. They don't want to talk to me. They, they sit down for like 10 minutes and then they're up doing something. Then they come back and then they're up again and the carers need to force them to sit down. And I would continually say, look, these are young people that have a history of being in out of home care. It's a new relationship. 
with a new adult it's going to take time for them to get used to you i will keep paying you to please just turn up to the home stay there for two hours half an hour with the younger siblings an hour with the older one and with consistency over time i'm confident that they will begin to see this as a really helpful thing that they can actually come to you and get help one-on-one help when they need it so she agreed to keep coming and continue to kind of call me and say, look, I just don't think it's working out. And she just really had good integrity. Her perspective was, you're paying me to do something that I'm not doing. However, from my perspective, the consistency and was important and to create that expectation that this lady will be here this is an opportunity for you we expect you to use it sure enough after i would say about two months the boys actually started to see the benefit of it when they started to get assignments and they thought oh i can sit down and she can help me write my assignment for half an hour or an hour so over time they started to really use that time well and started to actually look forward to her and having that one-on-one adult attention to help them with some of the stuff that they were learning and doing and so the eldest and i'd gone to some parent teacher interviews and spoken to the teachers and they said we just don't really understand it i mean this kid is he's a lovely kid he's so polite in class he participates in conversations and discussions But as soon as any of the kids have to do any written work, he just flat out refuses. He'll just sit there and do nothing. He won't hand anything in. He won't write in exams. We just, we just can't fathom it. And so I just spent a bit of time explaining, look, he is in care. He's had inconsistent schooling in his younger years. He's probably missed a lot of the foundational stuff and he needs a lot more scaffolding support. So that really shifted how the teachers perceived him and they spent a lot of time talking to him, encouraging him to go and see them at lunchtimes as well to get extra help and they were more than willing to do that. And in fact, he was quite happy to do that because he was very relationally driven. So he was happy to have those relationships and get that extra support. So he had gone from basically failing all English and he was a very verbal kid very I'd say his you know prefrontal cortex was and language centers were quite well developed but they just weren't translating to writing and so his first assignment that he ever submitted he had got some support from the English teacher he got some support from the tutor as well and I remember sitting down at the computer as he showed me this piece that he had submitted and he got a b plus for it and he was so ecstatic it was the first time that he had actually passed anything and not only passed it but like actually did really really well at it and I remember feeling quite teary when I read this beautiful piece so it was awesome it took I would say you know probably six months of rallying the staff together of the young people starting to learn that this is a new expectation that we have but that it's a consistent expectation and that we're actually putting in the resources to support them and to start to come around and just accept when they get home from school they sit down they do their homework they get the help from the tutor once a week and that they can actually perform quite well the last that I heard the young person whose plan was to drop out at grade 10 and join the army was in grade 12 and he had been elected the sports captain for the school. So when I think about young people in out-of-home care and the importance of education, I understand that sometimes there's other priorities that, you know, safety comes first and we need to get them safe and settled. But once they're safe and settled, it's so important that we work with them to help backfill some of those gaps that they had from early life and reinforce to them that we believe in them and we believe that they can achieve great things 
and give them the support to do that. So that's my Good News Wednesday. It was a three-year journey for those young people that had a really good outcome in the end. And a big part of that was because all the adults in their life working together with the same goal and on the same page. And hopefully their story is giving you some inspiration for the work that you do. So thank you for listening to the Pracademics podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating and help drive the algorithm so that other people can be informed, connected and inspired in their work with children and young people or recommend it to a colleague that you think might enjoy it as well. And credit to our in-house Pracademics composer, Matt Schrader, for supplying the music. <laughs>